Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And you know, the artist Picasso said, everything you can imagine is real. We have built a world on imagining our lives as separate from everything else in the cosmos. But what if we could imagine a new kind of world, a new kind of life for ourselves, where all things really are connected? We are living through what our guest calls the global blue hour. And in photography lingo, that is a period of time right before the sun has risen when a blue cape of mystery drapes the landscape. It's a time when our perceptions play tricks on us and we're not sure what's real. A time of natural confusion to our normal way of orienting ourselves. This global blue hour is a collective liminal space. And yet a new day is upon us. We are waking in consciousness and now is our opportunity to be inspired and to imagine to imagine that new world and create it right here today, right here, right now. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Film poet, award-winning documentary filmmaker, time-lapse photographer, Devoted to human potential and the living earth, Katie Teague is a visual storyteller for the emerging paradigm where the sense of self and the sense of the universe are not separate. And she does amazing, beautiful, and powerful work. I'm so happy to have her joining us. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, Julie. It's a joy and honor to be here with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, wow. I, I love your work. I love what you're doing. And we, we both are so resonant, the work and the voice that we bring to the planet is so resonant. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I know you are going to have a wise response to my traditional first question here. So I'm going to start there, Katie, (laughs) and ask if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Uh, Well, I was just, as you were speaking that in the intro, I was in such appreciation for your framing your show that way. And to me, it, it is truth. It's, it's, it's the truth of existence and, and reality and a reality that we are beginning to collectively awaken to, which really becomes a, a, a game changer on the planet in terms of the systems and structures that we've been living by and in agreement with. So all things connected are that you and I are not separate. We've called each other into existence in this moment to see and hear and you know further our potential and presence on on the earth um it means that everything we do everything we think everything we say really matters 
because it is connected to everything else. We can't always see the effect of that. Um, but I think increasingly, you know, as things go a bit more quantum, if you will, you know, we are starting to see more um, effects of our interconnectedness and interbeing, you know, as Thich Nhat Hanh called it. Yeah, I love that. Mm, I, yeah. Thank you, Katie, for that. And as you were speaking, I was just feeling, you know, your work and your passion is this beautiful expression of all of the above. Um you know, not very many people may have heard film poet put together, <laughs> but I love how you describe that because you're creating some real poetic visual pieces. So I'm, I'm, let's start with that quote that I used with Picasso saying, everything you can imagine is real because here you are working with imagery and the spoken word and, and beautiful music. So all of the arts, but that imagery is, is so important. It brings us into this sacred space so easily. And I'd, I'd love to hear your story and, and how you got started with becoming a film poet, as well as this award-winning documentary filmmaker for Love, Money, and Love. And then, yeah, incredible time-lapsed photography. Just incredible. Share a little bit about you, Katie, and your story and, and how you've gotten here. Sure, thank you. And I have to credit that term, film poet, to a friend of mine who is on my mailing list. And every time I've posted a new short film, she started calling them film poems. And it, it really resonated and struck a chord I've you know I think for many of us we're in the space of reinventing ourselves and coming up with kind of the the door is flung off the hinges in terms of um, uh, you know brand identity if you will like who, yes. who we are yeah and there's a there's so much creativity uh, available to us that way which also segues into my own personal story is again I think for many of us we've been in a long journey of reclaiming our innate creativity and I loved that quote by Picasso that you started with also because I feel like in a large part in a large way you know the last <laughs> however many decades or hundreds of years there has been a war against the imagination um, be that a conscious deliberate war or or not uh, be it just through you know the systems that we've been living by that are no longer you know serving our our highest potential. Um, so for me, I actually did graduate work as as a psychotherapist. I got my master's in counseling psychology. You know, a bit cowering to the need you know to have to be marketable to have a career. Albeit, I was I was following my own healing journey in that, and so my graduate program was more about going through my own my own healing process, and I did come out the other side as as a as a as a therapist, and I did work in that capacity for a number of years, and what I witnessed, you know, day in day out, sitting in that sacred container with people, was this epidemic of of self-hatred, of disconnect mm. from ourselves, from each other, from living, 
you know, from living our passion, from living, you know, from following our heart. And of course, you know, sitting with the people was just sitting with myself day in and day out, all things connected, right? And so I finally had to take some of my own medicine. You know, essentially I was counseling people to to take a risk, you know, leap of faith and 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 follow their heart. Right. Um and so I I had been I had always had a great love for for imagery, for the moving image, and was always trying to teach myself on the side how to do these things, but then you'd forget because you didn't, you know, you don't it's not your primary path. So it was incredibly frustrating. And I, I had just this proverbial jump off the cliff moment and closed my practice and, and began a, a, a process of reclaiming my imagination where I felt like there had been a war against that, not just for me, but at large. And, and I do feel like we're in a collective space of, of reclaiming you know, our creative capacities. And so it's it's been, and with that, of course, is our, is is a lot of deconditioning ourselves mm-hmm. and right and kind of um, kind of rumbling through the wreckage to to maintain, you know, what is essential and what is real. Not that what is essential can be destroyed, but we can lose connection with it. And so um Right, we often have to unlearn much of what we have learned through the various systems that, that have been warring against our imagination and creativity. So you know, and I'm still I'm still on the path. I'm still on the path of of that reclamation. But I can say with with each day and in the face of the world that we're living in now, it feels more and more required more essential, more to the point where anything less is, is not tolerable. Mm, right there is a really powerful words. Anything less is not tolerable. I love that. So you're referencing what's going on in the world and this is our time and this reclamation is, is really an important part of our human journey, right? Our collective mm-hmm. psyche on the planet. I love your short film of Global Blue Hour, and I I brought that up in the intro because I really love to reframe this time on our planet in as many different ways as I can for our audience, you know, so they're, they're hearing it, they're feeling it, they're experiencing it in so many different ways, and Global Blue Hour is a beautiful way to do that, so help us understand this blue hour in photography which is a brilliant metaphor for us and and why you call it the global blue hour what does that mean to you more specifically great yeah thank you for bringing that into the conversation the metaphor that is more than just a metaphor for me so last summer not this past summer but but prior i i spent about a month in in iceland as a photographer, time-lapse photographer. So I was, and during the summer in Iceland, we have midnight sun, which is to say the sun doesn't ever fully go down. And so there is an extended, what is called the blue hour in in photographic language, which is, um, you know, in 
in um, and it's the period of time after the sun has set, right? Everybody knows there's that blue cast on the land after the sun mm-hmm. has after the you know the pinks and and magentas have have faded and oranges have faded out, and then likewise in the morning before the sun has fully crested the horizon, there is that blue cast. And when I was in Iceland, there was an extended period of of blue hour. It was like the blue hour got crunched together, the the evening blue hour and the morning blue hour, because it's just the sun isn't the sun sets below the horizon, but then comes back up um, quickly. At any rate, it was a for those weeks that I was there and I was awake during that those periods of time um, filming. And it was a profound meditative time for me. And I remember standing out in the highlands of Iceland and literally just feeling in my bones, this, this is the time that we're in collectively. You know, this is like a microcosm of, of really where we are in a global phase shift. We're in between worlds, in between paradigms. Old structures are you know, disintegrating, hitting the wall. Um, we, we are, as I was speaking before, you know, seeking to reclaim our creativity to, to build new structures to foster you know, a more beautiful, thriving, equitable, abundant world. And the period, so I called it the, glo- the global blue hour um, as a, both a metaphor and, and a, not even symbolic, but just but just real. Because it's also a period of time because the light is dim. It it our senses are tricked. You know, you're not really sure what you're seeing off in the in the horizon. It can be a little bit disorienting, right? That period of twilight um, yeah. where your eyes are adjusting to a new light. And so I just grabbed onto that as a really profound metaphor for me uh, as a photographer and then also as a, as a means, as you were speaking, I did make a short film called the blue hour as um, a means of communicating. Cause part of my work, part of my responsibility in my work feels like doing my best, my little part to, to speak to the context of this time that we're living in and what I came to call the, the global blue hour. By any other name, you know, paradigm shift, global phase shift. And, and I think more and more people, whether they are in this conversation or not, are grokking that we're at a very um, challenging, interesting time of, of deep transformation. And, and, I, and I speak that having just been with, with my parents who are not in this conversation directly. Um, but, you know, on the heels of, of, of the shootings in Las Vegas, let's say, um, and, and the increasing rise of, of events such as these, you know, more and more people are just are confused. What is going on? You know, what is going on? And so I, I am, not that I know and understand everything, but I do feel that speaking to the context of the time of the transformational time that we are living in is, is not only helpful, but essential. Yeah. Katie, when you talk, you talk about this transformational time and um, 
with this blue hour. And I, I just want to just kind of go just a little deeper into this because I, as I, as you were talking about that blue hour and, and um, being in Iceland and thinking about the beautiful sunsets and the beautiful sunrises that I love. I love that full spectrum of color. I love the pinks. I love the oranges. I love the purples. I love all of that. And yet um, knowing that this blue is transient, right? This, this blue hour is just this liminal space in between. I'm wondering what, what you may say as far as inspiration to our listeners today of really embracing the blue hour. I'm wondering as a photographer, if there's a way that you can capture magic during that time, it's not all that tricky time and that the the perception, but there's got to be, what is the deeper purposing and what is, what might you say to our listeners to really embrace and walk through that blue hour more intentionally? Yeah, thank you for taking us more more deeply. And I would say as a photographer, the blue hour is is coveted. It's a coveted time. It's not a time to be afraid. It's a time to go outside, right? We're often going inside at that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, the sun is set. The show's over. Let's go inside. And yet as a photographer, it's, no, let's stay out. Let's stay out. Let's go more deeply into it. It's the mystery it's a mysterious time. Also, because the light is is shifting and growing dimmer, I feel in ways, speaking to the audience in ways, it, it's a time where we can maybe step out of our norm also, right? Because the, the, the sun, the light isn't directly upon us. So we're not so much in the spotlight, right? But so we can mm. like fall out and try something new in this dim light, in the light of mystery, where I feel like, you know, the planet herself is really invites us out courageously. So, right. Cause we want to go back inside where it's warmer and, and seemingly more safe. I mean, things might come out of the dark and in the blue hour. Um, and yet it, it feels like that kind of cryptic, hour where we can be someone new we can try something new um not only can we but we're being invited to Mm. that right there is a beautiful invitation thank you thank you for for going deeper with me on that one i think that there's really some some deep deep wisdom for all of us as we embrace this global blue hour and i love that that you suggest try something brand new and it's dimmer light and i i think wow that gives us such a yeah it's dimmer and we can take our clothes off you know (laughs) exactly i was just gonna say that like wow you know if if we're a little bit intimidated it just gives us that much more courage so i love that idea you know there's really as you were talking i'm thinking of all these different um, benefits and invitations of of how we can play with this liminal space in this global blue hour. So, thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, thank well, thank you. you for, yeah, I hadn't even, myself hadn't thought about it in those ways. So I appreciate the, the the improv, the jazz improv that happens in dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, speaking of jazz dialogue and and improv. So much of your words and your work just 
to me, feel like medicine for the soul. Mm-hmm. And you, you call your um, business now Sacred Life Films. And so much is really bringing, I, this is my experience of your work. There's so much beauty in the world. And um, as this artist and film poet, your imagery just, you know, we all know that, that, that the arts can just touch our soul and communicate with the soul. This is really good medicine for the soul. Tell me about the sacred part of your work and, and how you're embracing the earth and the beauty and nature as well as tapping into that deeper soulful level. Yeah, and getting back to the blue hour, I would I would say that for me to call my work Sacred Life Films, that was a bit of a blue hour step out, mm. stepping out for me, you know, where I wouldn't necessarily have, have claimed publicly, you know, that my work is sacred, um, you know, probably still too conditioned by old worldviews and frameworks that, oh, that might be viewed as too... Um, to something, to woo-woo or something. Mm. Uh, and so, um, um, what was the precise question? I was just getting myself off. Well, I, I speak to it. Yeah, no, I mean, we're in this jazz um, improv, right? So <laughs> it's totally okay. I love it. But yeah, as we're, as we're going into the, the sacred part of your work, I'm really seeing it as medicine for our soul. I'm really seeing it as healing, of going beyond inspiration, really into helping us shift our consciousness. And then maybe even just like you said, when you finally took that leap and left your private practice to say, I'm I'm going after this reclamation of my creativity and imagination, it just feels like that's what we're all called to do right now is to really step into the truth of who we are. So I'm looking at it as the medicine part. And Uh, I'm wondering if you just have any words for us on that. Yeah, you bet. And for me, I was, I was following the medicine that I needed. So it's not even so much that I'm, Oh, this is my medicine to, to disseminate to the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my own healing has been being outside more being in, in wild places, being in more direct relationship with the elements, with the living earth. And it just so happens that I have an immense passion for, for recording that and, um, and transmitting that. And again, on my own journey of, of kind of healing and awakening, it, it's, I came to a point of, well, why wouldn't I just be, why isn't that, why wouldn't this be my work? Why wouldn't this just be my work? You know, Mm. not, not just something that I'm doing on the side or something I make, you know, extra time for, but that uh, my healing journey, medicine for my soul is, is medicine for the world. Beautiful. It's it's as if as your medicine that you're just reclaiming is just spilling over and mm-hmm. and you're sharing with everyone in this place of generosity. Beautiful. Yeah, and I feel like that happens on the journey for for many, if not most people. Uh, the heal, you know, the journey of healing and awakening. That we come to a point where where it is an overflowing, and there is. 
the momentum to give it back. You know, it's not ours to hold on to or hoard. Everything's connected, all things connected. You know, you, you, you want to give that healing and awakening back. And for me, my pathway really has been, has been beauty mm. as, as a salve, as you're speaking, you know, as, as profound medicine, you know, as the indigenous mm. people have always known and preserved. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. I know that you have um, written, I love this term. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to bring it back in because you also do beautiful writing and, and part of your, the films is, is the writing. So right after break, I would love to hear you expand on this term that you've written about sacred deficit disorder. I think it's fascinating. I'm going to put that out there for our yeah. listeners to, to really, you know, chew on and, and, and sit with here until we come back from break and we'll go a little bit deeper. And we are here with Katie Teague, beautiful, beautiful artist of extraordinaire of, of film and, oh, you got to go online and check her out. I'm going to give you that website in just a few minutes. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. See you in a minute. You're listening to Empower Radio, an entire radio station devoted to your personal development, expanding your conscious awareness, and empowering positive change. Meet our hosts and listen online at EmpowerRadio.com, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, or download the Empower Radio app for your smartphone or tablet. It's free in the App Store, and it lets you listen to our shows and podcasts on demand. Empowering people, empowering change. Empower Radio, online at EmpowerRadio.com. Great party, huh, guys? Yeah, it is. So much fun. Uh I do say so myself. Um, Hey, did you know that birthday parties actually help build confidence in kids? Um, yeah, I did know that. Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Right, of course. Yeah, I knew that. Um, Did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends? (laughs) Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, It's pretty obvious. Yeah, Yeah, so obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. I think I knew that. No, no, you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's a natural resource that exists everywhere on the planet which could benefit all of civilization. Yet it's been largely ignored. That resource is women. In many of the world's poorest communities, women are denied a significant role. So often their talent and potential remain untapped. At CARE, we found in country after country that empowering women is one of the fastest ways to improve conditions and help end poverty. That's why CARE is helping provide girls and women with an education, opportunity, and a voice worldwide. I am powerful. I am powerful. I am powerful. I am powerful. powerful. It's a source of power the world can no longer afford to overlook. She has the power to change her world. You have the power to help her do it. Call 1-800-521-CARE 
or visit care.org. Dear John, I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to when you checked on me? I don't want to leave. But remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range today. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Katie Teague, beautiful, incredible, creative person of film and and photograph. Oh my gosh. You can find her and her work at sacredlifefilms.com. Again, that's sacredlifefilms.com. And Katie, right before the break, I mentioned your term, that um, you wrote about on your on your website and you coined the term sacred deficit disorder share with our listeners what you mean you bet well i mentioned earlier part of my journey in a former incarnation i was a psychotherapist and so Hmm. needless to say probably i'm riffing a bit off of the dsm you know the diagnostic manual in 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 that world and so I, yeah, we playfully characterized, um, how, you know, the culture that we're living in as symptomatic of this sacred deficit disorder, right? With our overbearing emphasis on the material world, quantity over quality, um, you know, that we, one way of looking at, at the suffering that, that I certainly saw you know, sitting with clients and knew in my own self was a disregard for our soulful life, for the inner life, for reflective, contemplative life. You know, and the DSM itself can be so dehumanizing, you know, as, as yeah, as a metric, you know, to measure and, and judge and, and categorize people. So very playfully, and yet, seriously, it, it was a term that I came up with as just as as a way to to shed light and and again contextualize the what, where we are as as a people. Yeah, it's it's effective. It's really powerful to think of that and and to really ask ourselves to go deeper with that term and and look around our lives and our relationships and and our work, right? Our vocation and. And our vision for the future. So I I want to kind of bring this again. We were talking about the medicine and story is so powerful. Um, story. I, I have to tell you, Katie, I just spent 10 days literally with um, two different conferences. So a lot of speakers on stage, 
a, a lot. <laughs> it's like a lot, two different conferences. Yes. And I was just really in this place of observation of, of really experiencing myself being pulled into story mm-hmm. by the variety of different speakers. And then those that didn't come with a narrative, no story, and what it felt like to receive their message without that storytelling. And it, it was quite profound. Mm-hmm. And your use of story is exquisite. So I'm wondering if we can just talk a little bit about story and then maybe I think the power of it, even for all of our listeners, to really tell their own story and and discover new ways to really share that with the world. Right. Well, we are storytellers as human beings. We're social creatures. It's it's in our DNA. And I I think it's easy for us to think, well, I'm not a storyteller, you know, in a traditional sense. I'm, you know, not a, a a bard, let's say, uh, from that culture, and yet we are all, we 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 each have stories, and I think we've really come to minimize the importance of each of our story and our new, unique way of of transmitting that. And so, I think it is a huge invitation in this time to to occupy our stories, to own our stories, to to share them. Both, both as a means of reclaiming our sovereignty as, as beings. Um, and, and I also find that in the storytelling, I mean, on the one hand, I'm getting a bit psychotherapeutic. On the one hand, it can, it can sort of re-ensconce our way of being if we're telling the story you know, in a way that is um, over-identification and and then on the other hand, it also grants us what I would call greater range of motion. And I think this is what you're getting at, um, you know, playing with different ways of, of telling our story and transmitting our story. It can also begin to create distance from, you know, an identification with some per, you know, certain part of our life. So, you know, how we tell our story is, is incredibly important and and I feel like that's an area that we're all really exploring right now because how we tell the story is how we live it you know how we live into it yeah and you know we're talking about that that quote with Picasso on the you know that anything we can imagine is real and telling these stories from this place of our human potential our creative potential and and really not getting stuck in our old story. So I, I really appreciate you differentiating the, of how we tell our story and really the story that we tell. So we're at this place that it's time for a new narrative for humanity, right? It's time to tell a new story. I'm wondering what you can do to encourage us all to look forward at our creative potential, our human potential in a way that's that that fits that new narrative. Wow, what a great invitation. Well, just as you're speaking, I am acknowledging that spark, that spark of divinity that is in each and every one of us. And, you know, for myself, I know it's just been by incremental steps, you know, of courage following that spark, you're listening to it. What is it? What is it telling me? What is it? What is it? How is it encouraging me? And it's and it can be scary at first because it, it does require breaking the bonds of the old story and who we thought we were, 
you know, how we were supposed to be and what we were supposed to be doing. But I think the seeds of our liberation are in that spark mm. and the seeds of our, of our new story. And it can be really playful. It can be a lot of fun, especially when you start finding your playmates, you know, in, in the storytelling. Beautiful. I'm thinking of, of our listeners there absorbing some of this. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really in awe that the shift in our story, when you say the spark of divinity is, is within each of us coming from a narrative that begins to give voice to that is important on our planet, especially for all of those who have come in fear to go, Oh no, we're separate from right. There's, there's this, divine being and we're not it and so even just these little ways that we're embracing that we are all connected that we're connected to the cosmos intimately that we are all a part of this divine tapestry and this this unfolding story and this spark is within us so when we start to craft our story in this new meme this new paradigm wow the potential is exponential yeah i i feel also that for so many of us this was the case for me absolutely there's so many things that we put off there you know there's that longing there's these urgings that are and they are they're soulful urgings they're coming from deep within therefore they may defy conventional wisdom and standards and because of that, we so often shut them down. We don't follow it. And or we put it off for, oh, I'll do it when I retire or I'll, you know, I'll do it on the weekend or I'll get to it at some other time. And now's the time. And now is that time to whatever it is that we have been putting off or resisting because some some voices in our head have been louder than the voice of the spark. Mm. And, and I feel like it's, it's the time to let the voice of the spark really lead us and, and open those doors, you know, to the degree that, that, that we're comfortable and, and our, you know, our biological, our bio spiritual systems only let us go as far as we can, you know, as we can kind of integrate yeah. step by step. Yeah, that's good. That's really good advice because it it doesn't have to be this scary abyss that we jump into and don't know where we're going to land. It's about bringing that that voice of the spark in whatever increments we can do right here, right now, in this present moment. Right. Beautiful. Okay, I want to I want to try something with you. I you use you use beautiful language as well as imagery. And um, we, we know that the language we use also tells this story like we're talking about right now. But you have a quote from Hildegard of Bingen, and I love this quote. And so I want to ask you a question about it. So I'm going to read the quote first. We cannot live in a world that is interpreted for us by others. An interpreted world is not a home. Part of the terror is to take back our own listening, to use our own voice, to see our own light. Mm. I love that quote, and I love that short 
I'm going to say film poem. It is beautiful. Everyone can find that on the website, sacredlife.films. It's inspirational. I think I'm going to post it tomorrow. But Katie, what does it mean to you to see our own light? Because we're talking about that divine spark right now in that voice. What does it mean to you to see our own light? I think she's just repeating herself in that poem. And, and in a way, the first line, you know, we cannot live in a world that is interpreted for us by others is is so powerful, especially in this time. And it's really everything that I've been speaking in a, in a sense is we're at, we're in this time where we can begin to extract that, that intermediary, right? Be it, the priest, the teacher, the central banker, and so on. It, this is the reclamation of our sovereignty as creators, as creator beings you know, on, on this living earth. So to see our own light is to see that we are creator beings, mm. that we occupy a very special place in, in creation, you know, connecting heaven and earth and really having um, capacities that, that I think we're only beginning to even discover, quite frankly. You know, we're, we're, we're just at the, at the tip of, I think, our multidimensional iceberg selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to see our own light is, is to love ourselves unconditionally, to, to love our existence and each breath and to nurture and nourish that you know as a gift uh, as a gift given to us that is ours to to give back you know as as we see that light and as that light you know light is light emits itself right it doesn't just go hide in a corner and i'm not saying come out on the stage and you have to be famous and a celebrity but we are all each stars and that's that's to see our own light and Mm -hmm. Maybe in a sense, we are all celebrities. You know, I did post a poem, uh, excuse me, a photograph on Instagram recently. It was a Milky Way galaxy uh, photograph, and I did title it um, The Original Celebrities. <laughs> it was mm. you know, stars, kind of, kind of, you know, as a spoof a bit, you know, on our, our glorification of Hollywood and such. Um, so that, that's to see our own light, you know, that we are all each stars. Mm. just by birthright you know it's not something we have to prove or we don't have to have the right bank account for it it's not something we have to um, work for beautiful Mm. so okay this this may not be fair of me to do this but you're talking about this unconditional love of the self and we've talked about your medicine as this medicine really that you're gifting forward to the planet which is really beautiful so I'm going to ask you a question that I got asked last week and I'm just curious. It's it 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 really made me stop and pause, and then opened a whole new portal for me. So, what are you most proud of in your life? What are you most proud of? Hmm. Okay, I'm with you. Stopping <laughs> <laughs> the pause, <laughs> the pause, the breathing, and and. Yeah, this may sound really silly, but I'm actually just, I'm proud to be here with you right now, you know, in the microcosm and in the, in the bigger sense of what that means to me. I'm, I'm 
proud of the work that I've done to reclaim myself and my soulfulness, to re-ensoul my world, and in a way that I get to share with people now. You know, and so the films to me are byproducts. Mm. You know, and and I love them, and I'll do it till you know till my last breath because I absolutely love it, and and it they always make me a better person. Um, but but it starts from my own reclamation and claiming myself and learning to love myself and see my own light. Yeah, I wouldn't be here with you right now, speaking into this conversation with you, which which does make me proud of of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be here with you now. Beautiful. Yeah, to not be afraid enough, you know, to to be here with you now. After, you know, after a lifetime of hiding, and God knows how many lifetimes of hiding and persecution and who knows what else. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say with those who, who may be listening that still um, might be hiding a bit or closeting this light a little bit? What would you say to them? I think light can only hide but for so long. Mm. And probably reiterate what we've been speaking which which is you know i used to joke when i worked as a therapist that you know so often we set our standards or the bar so high that it's unrealistic right you know in terms of i need to accomplish x y or z mm-hmm. and sometimes it just we set ourselves up for failure in a way And I used to joke with my clients, I'm like, set the bar low, (laughs) you know, which seems so um, anti in our culture, in our achievement culture. But I'm like, set the bar low, which is to say, you know, take an aim for something that that isn't going to overwhelm your system, you know, your nervous system. That isn't so much a risk that if there is an apparent failure, you know, that it re-traumatizes you or whatever. Right. But but to take an aim for something, it can be the smallest innocuous thing, you know, but maybe it breaks a pattern. It breaks a pattern of the old story that enables this this new story or spark to begin to come out. I love that, Katie. And I'll tell you, I part of my last couple of weeks of of going to these two different conferences, I had that same insight and it's not like to set the bar low so that you feel uh, that that you can't succeed by setting it really high. But Mm -hmm. it was as if I was hearing the antithesis of everything that we've been conditioned. So here I was with this one person up on stage telling us to, you know, here's how you do it. And you, you set it really, really, really high. And, and you, you know, and it was like, this antithesis of what if what does it really look like if I just come in and be who I am in this moment and just really take that next step that's significant not just like you said not being in fear and and not playing small but just really coming into that authentic beingness of of who who we really be right quite frankly out of that amazing things can happen 
that you couldn't have ever scripted or engineered, you know, from your place of trying to do it right and shoot high. And it creates so much anxiety for ourselves, right? And we're not our best selves when we're, when we're in the energy of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Literally, it's shutting us down. Like you said, it's trauma on the, the nervous system. When we go into that place, we literally do come into this constricted, anxiety-ridden place. And, and we, we can't help but play smaller because we are literally, you know, moving from that energy. So, yeah, thanks yeah. for that. It's just not optimal conditions for what I think of as magic, you know, just everyday magic to, to really enter, enter the space. and. And we're all magicians. Yeah. Amen to that. So, Katie, I have a really, like, practical question that's our literal question. I'm just so curious about your time-lapse photography. And I'm wondering what's your favorite thing to photograph. But I'm also wondering, what is it like to literally set a camera and capture the Milky Way in all its grandeur and these incredible skyscrapes that you, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Tell me about that. Well, it's amazing. Uh, Yeah, just right on that. Yeah, it's it's outrageous. I love it. Again, I kind of feel like it's, it's, the earth's way or the creator's way or spirit's way, whatever, you know, terminology one would want to use almost its way to get me outside and be in direct relationship with, with the elements because that's what it really, what it's about to me. And again, the image itself is, or the film is, is more of a byproduct. It's just awesome, especially under a starry night sky. And, and then often, you know, if I've, I've, if I've, overcome obstacles to get there or you know sometimes like in Iceland as you can imagine the 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 temperatures or the winds are fierce you know it's not always the most comfortable physically which almost makes it that much more sweet and exquisite and so to look back at at the images and know that other people you know gain gain have an experience of the beauty through that makes it all that much worthwhile you know that it wasn't even just for me and or if it inspires others to go out and be you know be in the natural world directly that also is a is a huge reward but in the moment or and in the moment i'm just i'm just merged in it and i love it at the same time it is a technical activity so you know my left brain really has to be on also and um technically speaking with the cameras and especially with time lapse it's it's highly technical especially when you're learning it it's it's not incredible it's not super simple so it can be frustrating to it can, I, what can be frustrating is when you're out there and it's completely amazing the northern lights let's say you know and you've messed up the settings or something and it's humbling it's humbling it's happened to me a lot to where i'm like well maybe i'm just supposed to be here and enjoy it put down the camera you know, sometimes, sometimes there's the moments to disintermediate. You know, I have to, I have to really walk that with myself. You know, am I trying to capture something? Not to get off on a tangent, but so much of photographic language is is highly mil- militaristic. You know, you're shooting, you're aiming, you're capturing, you're, and and so I, I've tried to change a lot of that language in in my own being. And even to the point sometimes where I, I will go out and not even take the picture. Mm. 
wow, what a feeling. I just got this hollow feeling of imagining you even planning for months, like I'm going to Iceland and it's not just that you go out into nature and you take photographs, but you're doing this incredible work for the benefit of us all, even though you're doing it for yourself. Does it take months of planning and preparation? I mean, you've traveled. I, I just getting on your website. I'm going to encourage our listeners yeah. again to go visit sacredlifefilms.com. But looking at rivers and oceans and mountains and deserts and skies. Oh my gosh, stars, everything. It's like I can't imagine what it what your yeah. mind it, does it, to prepare. It's some of both. I mean, a lot of it's incidental or or accidental, quote unquote. And and then there is preparation, especially if 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 I really have something in mind, and and with the Milky Way, right? It's not you have to plan where it's going to show up in the sky and and what you want in the foreground and these sorts of things. So, yeah. so oftentimes, yeah, there's there's significant planning ahead of time. Um, many times, it's just pure good luck mm. and everything in between. I love that. I love that. And again, those are really good lessons for all of us, Katie, on how to show up. You know, we show up, we do the work, and then we get all these, this magic and these blessings that come along with literally showing up, getting out there and showing up. Exactly, exactly. Then that's the most important thing, really, is just showing up. Regard, I mean, within photography and in and, and, and everything. I mean, any good photographer, and, and I, I speak this globally, not just the photographers but the most important thing is just is going out mm. showing up because then the, ma- the magic has no place to land if, if if we haven't shown up yeah that's great the magic has no place to land if we haven't shown up hmm. katie we just have a, a minute and a half here i'm wondering if there's anything that you would love to share with our listeners that you haven't had an opportunity to say yet Oh boy, nothing really springs to mind. I appreciate, I just appreciate the opportunity to be in this conversation and your invitation to to the, your audience to to visit my work. I, I am always one. You know, I, I'm I'm a good artist. I'm a terrible marketer. <laughs> so, <laughs> as we often are, I'm sure many people are resonating with that. So getting more eyeballs on the work um, is, is, is helpful. And please, please share if you feel so compelled, it's really meant to be, and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing about digital work, right? It's not scarce. It can be easily shared. Yeah, absolutely. And so since, since you recognize that, that, limitation with the marketing we're going to overcome those limitations but i'm going to encourage our listeners to go to that website and also check out your patreon um campaign there where you can go and support katie's work by just giving a little bit every month it it really helps it helps all of us this is good medicine for us all katie thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate you being present and sharing your wisdom with us Uh, Thank you, Dr. Julie. Your show is awesome. It's been really fun. I knew it would be. (laughs) It was fun. It was really fun. And, you know, I'm going to use an Albert Einstein quote since we started out with Picasso. I want to just share this with you. Logic will get you from A to Z. Imagination 
will get you everywhere. That's what Einstein said. Mm -hmm. It's time for us to imagine a new world into being. So will you join Katie and I? I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. And listeners, you've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. And Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. <music>